coming up on this episode of Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Oh yeah, Candace, we have a great episode coming up. We're going to talk to my radio rocker pal, Ace Doggett. Worked with Ace at KVOO, Big Country 99.5, and KFAQ in Tulsa. We're going to talk about his days in radio, how we dabbled in TV a little bit, and we're going to get personal with Ace, talk about his family, what he's doing now, and somebody is going to walk away with that $20 gift certificate from our sponsor, Mojo Merchandise. When Ace plays the Behind the Mic Speed Round of Questions game, is he going to beat the clock? You have to wait and find out. All this and more up next on Behind the Mic. Welcome to the Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton podcast. Brought to you by Mojo Merchandise. Join radio veteran Rick Hampton and his guests for informative and entertaining discussions as they take you behind the scenes, behind the stories, behind the music, and more. Originating from the Big Daddy Studios, it's time to go Behind the Mic, and here's your host, Rick Hampton. Welcome in to episode number five of Behind the Mic. I am your host, Rick Hampton, and my special guest is Ace Doggett today worked with him at kvoo big country 99.5 and kfaq on the air and at remote broadcast but you probably remember him as brent smith getting you to work on time with traffic reports on kjrh channel 2 all right time to check your morning traffic he's really pretty isn't he Deb? he's so gorgeous brent smith mr <laughs> traffic good morning accident free drive continues this morning and so does that road construction let's take a look at the two view traffic map on 11th street between memorial and 89th East Avenue. Expect delays both eastbound and westbound directions there. Let's take a look outside. Two news traffic cameras looking at the Sand Springs Expressway. Looks like a pretty good drive there. And I-44 at 41st Street. For Channel 2 News Today, I'm Brent Smith. Talk Ready 1170 KFAQ. Oh, yes. He's gorgeous, all right. Please welcome my radio rocker friend, Ace Doggett. How are you doing? Man, I am doing fantastic. Thanks for being on the show with me You today. bet. Thanks for inviting and me. It is, it is going to be a good time. Now, We'll talk about kind of what you're up to now or what's been going on with okay. you. But I want to talk about how did you get your start in radio? About 17 years ago, I hurt my back at a job doing a normal everyday thing that I did. Pretty much, I had to get out of that business. Mm -hmm. So I went to American Broadcasting School here in Tulsa right? and uh, graduated from there. Took about a year to get a job somewhere. And I believe his name was Larry Pierce. That Maybe. was uh, uh, a tech. Mm -hmm. for KVOO. And he was leaving. He gave me a heads up and said, come talk to Moon Mullins and the rest is history. Yeah. Started out as a tech and well, actually ended my career being a tech, tech. amongst <laughs> yeah. everything else. So Yeah. I mean, you know, radio is a strange animal. You know, it's a, I, I know that's kind of the way I started too. I started uh, doing tech work. I started doing uh, behind the scenes, just board hopping stuff, which is you know, for those that don't know, board op, it means uh, like during sports broadcast, you don't talk. You just push the buttons, yeah. run the equipment. Yeah. That's where I started, too. And uh, just I was recording commercials. I was engineering other people recording those. So it oh, wasn't right. my voice, but it was somebody <laughs> else's voice. So how long were you in the radio and TV biz, really? Because you were on TV as well. Yeah, um, I would say almost seven years. Okay. It was one of those tight budget things mm -hmm. with journal at the time and everything was being put on me, you know, including promotions and, right. and on air and producing, you know, talk radio shows and unfortunately no raises. Right. You know, so it yeah. was one of those things kind of just got burned uh, out on another it. radio thing. Uh, yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. 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 Burnout is, is, is a big one, but uh, burnout because of pay. 
is the other. They, they, you, you wear a lot of hats, and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to wear as many hats. How about I not wear as many hats, and you just give me more money? Right, right, <laughs> right. And, it, you know, having said that, I had a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really did up yeah. until the end. And then I became an, you know talk radio person and a news person, and it was just so, I want to say negative. Yeah. And that's just not my personality well and how how did that come about because um you know exp- uh, talk to me about that a little bit on how you know you started out doing the tech work and uh-huh. then i knew you know we we did a lot of board op stuff um and then where did you how did that come about of just you know making that transition because i knew you worked in the news department a lot you helped out a lot there and then all of a sudden you're like the traffic guy you know, yeah, how did that yeah. happen? How did that uh, work? I, I don't know, really, to be quite <laughs> honest. I think uh, Moon had actually put me on evening shift on KVOO when mm-hmm. I kind of first started there. You know, gave it a try, and then I was voice tracking. I mean, after that, Brian Gann just kind of came up to me and said, hey, you want to do traffic in the morning? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, to me, it was again, more experience. Again, and, a radio thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, sure, why you not? Know, sure, why not? I'll give it a try. Yep. And I did that. And, of course, you know, first, before being shown on TV, you just had your picture up on TV. Right. And then they came in, put a camera in the newsroom. Had to sit there and look pretty. Hopefully, right. I don't get a zit. Right. You know? Because <laughs> we, we sure didn't have makeup people there. Right. Yeah, to make you, know? you look pretty for for TV. See, in, in my case, it was always, I was always told I have a face for radio. <laughs> so that would have been another strike that, you know, yeah. But I need probably needed more than just one makeup person. I probably would have needed <laughs> right. several. Well, I, I absolutely needed it, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they came in and did a complete makeover of our uh, uh, one little area of our newsroom. I put in some lights and put in uh, a backdrop in there as well, and then also um, cameras. And so, was that surprising to you, though? I mean, like that it really was. You know, one day you're you're doing your voice tracking, which you know, voice tracking around all the time. Yeah, we've talked about that a little bit on the show, and that is that you know you you record a show uh, ahead of time, and then it plays back automatically, you know, without anybody being there. And it and it happens, uh, unfortunately. I mean, I love live radio, but it happens, and I had to do it too. Whenever I went off the air to be program director, uh, I was still filling a shift, and so you know, it was always you know people that knew me would always ask, you know, so are you live or Memorex today? <laughs> right. You know, right. and you know, oh, well, I'm Memorex because I've got a meeting downtown, so I got to go. And so you know, it, it voice tracking is a is a common thing now i mean it's a lot more common now but it's it's better i mean it's gotten better i'll say that there right. are several stations in town and when i say several i mean most uh, stations in town have every day part is recorded to some degree you know it, it's a little different you know the way that they do it now but it's still recorded so there's very little live shifts in this town you know and and really markets all over the country but how was that weird? I mean, was that weird going yeah, from? I, I think I went from overnights on big country, mm-hmm. and then I think then I was approached to do traffic, and I'm like, oh, you know, am I going to go by Ace Doggett? Just coming off the air on one station, right. and then you're going to hear me again 
doing traffic 15 minutes later. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we discussed it and just said, you know, Brent Smith, you know, even though your people would be able to tell your voice. Right. Oh, what did Jim Jeffries used to call it? Um, Theater of the mind. Yes. You know. Well, and, you know, I always likened it to the the syndrome complex, whatever you want to call it, like with uh, Clark Kent and Superman. You know, as long as he's styling his hair differently and he wears a pair of glasses, it doesn't matter that he looks like Clark Kent with no glasses on. Your mind suspends every bit of that because I know for a fact, and I won't give it away because I'm not going to be that mean, but I know of at least one person, there's more, but at least one person that went by two different names, worked for the same radio group and did one day part and then he recorded a nighttime part. And went by two separate names, and yet there was a ton of people whenever I would say his regular name, and then I would say, oh, well, here's your other name on this other station in town, and they would be like, no, that's not him. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is. How could you not tell his voice? (laughs) Right, right. It's the same voice. He doesn't try to talk in an accent. It's the same voice. (laughs) How do you not know that? But I guess it's that whole suspended reality thing that, you know, as long as, well, he's got a different name, must be a different man. So the, the Brent Smith, so you had to start using your alias that you did when you checked into motels and stuff on the road, right? You, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, with, with Brett Smith. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> that's Actually, a funny story. Uh, my wife and I went to go buy a new mattress. We go up to pay for it, and this lady walks up to me, and she goes, oh, my gosh, you're Brent Smith. <laughs> I'm like, hi. Hi. <laughs> Uh, wow, that's weird. My wife's like, yeah. she likes you. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, one, no, she probably just had seen me on TV or right. whatever, whatnot, but it is what and, it and is. And that's interesting, too, because, you know, us being from radio, the side of radio, I mean, we get noticed occasionally. Like, I remember the first time I'd been on the air, I'd done uh, my midday show, had been um, number one at least once in the book. Uh, I was really big with, uh, like, soccer moms and stuff right, like that. Right, And so, which is that target demo. That's the one you want to be, you know, a part of. I went to the bank one time, and the teller didn't know me by site but i i just said yes could i have a deposit slip please and um thank you whatever and she said are you big daddy stevens from kvoo (laughs) and i was like yeah yeah she goes i thought that voice sounded familiar i was just listening to you at lunch and uh so you know on your request and what are you doing here at 12 30 no (laughs) (laughs) right exactly uh yeah it's that uh suspended reality remember right Uh, yeah oh man that's funny so uh, let me ask you a question. Um, who was your biggest influence in the business there with radio or TV for that matter? Did you pattern yourself after anybody? Uh, did you kind of take any hints or anything? I took and then a lot mentorship. of advice. Yeah. Right. Mentorship. Who would that be? Number one, I would have to say the biggest mentor was Bob O'Shea. Okay. Okay. Sure. Even though he had his little moments. Right. He was right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, along with you. Andy O, Gene, yeah. Yeah. even Sonny. I mean, we pretty much started at the same time. Right. Eric Wayne. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could name off yeah. tons of people. Jim Jeffries. Yeah. You were talking, the first one that came out of your mouth was Bob O'Shea. And, you know, you never knew what was going to come out of Bob O'Shea's mouth. <laughs> no, you did not. But the one thing was for sure was he had been around radio long enough that he had a lot of nuggets of information and a lot of it was not the um life lessons like for me it was billy parker um i learned a ton of life lessons from billy right well you know for um 
Bob O'Shea, his were business life lessons. Like, you know, hey, listen, they're going to always try to make sure that they get, you know, 100% worth of work out of you and pay you 25%, you know, of that pay. Right. Uh, They're going to make sure that, you know, they work you to death. Make sure you separate that. You know, don't don't confuse the two personal life and business life. And right. Those were kind of the the nuggets that I know that he put out there a lot for people. And I think that that was important because I've not heard his name yet uh, in talking with people. But it's the absolute truth. I mean, he was a shoot from the hip. I mean, you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. You didn't know what was going to be said on the air. But the one thing was for sure was that he looked out for especially the younger uh, guys coming on, you know, with stars in their eyes and, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be on the radio and this is going to be so much fun and this is so cool and on and on. And he was there to say, hey, it is cool. And it's treated me well, but be on the lookout for this stuff and don't let them push you around because ultimately they'll get whatever they can get from you and will use you up. And so it was cool, you know, to mentor like that. There were a few others that, you know, I'm sure that were that way as well. Oh yeah. I mean, many, many people, I think it was you and Bob that sat there and said, Hey, because you're a musician, this is going to help your board op work. Yeah. You've got, you've got the timing. Timing. Yeah, absolutely. Rhythm and timing is, is a big deal. And, you know, knowing when to segue music and back then, you know, after a while you just let the computer get it, but you know, but for the longest time, you know, that's where that whole disc jockey came from. You were jockeying the songs. So for that you know, part of it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was timing. It was rhythm. So you were talking about, you mentioned Andy O. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to have him on the show, but uh, like with Gene, talented guy. Yeah. You know, Gene oh, was so talented in everything that he did. He was a great production guy. Uh, he was a great voiceover guy. He had smooth pipes, you know, and then Charlene Lewis. Oh yeah. Um, you know, God rest her soul, man. I, right. I miss her and I miss her personality. But more importantly, I miss her voice because she just had this certain voice. I mean, when you listen to her on the radio, it was so smooth and silky. Just her voice was fantastic. Right. You know, it was just like I liken it to the same thing of uh, like with Brian Gann. I mentioned about how that if um, you called the radio station and you were asking about severe weather before they had called you in. Like Uh for me, I was a storm spotter, so he would page me out, and I'd have to go somewhere. But if if it was in the initial stages of that, and you called the station, and he answered the phone, oh, crap. You know, you knew the weather was bad. You know, I mean, you know, if he answered that phone, you know, Brian Gunn, you know, and you're like, oh, dang, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, oh, dang, it is going to get, it is going to get bad. It was also comforting when you tuned in and heard him anchoring the weather because you immediately knew, okay, I'm going to get my facts. I'm going to get exactly where the storm's at. They're tracking the storm. They're watching everything, you know, and he was so cool and calm. It's that way, you know, for me, radio played a big part of my life, whether I was working in it or just listening to right, it. Right, right. You know, and so that's, I kind of, you know, my influences came all around me. Um, I was fortunate to work in the ranch hand days uh, with the log letters and all uh-huh. that. And right. I love that because um, it was a family. We we talked about that. Andy O and I talked about that as well, that it was a family. And it, that whole atmosphere was that way uh, with influences because you had a ton of people around you that you could gain information from and from all areas. You know, like I look at Steve Jackson and Andy O and Gene Hetherington and Charlene Lewis, and then you got guys like Bob O'Shea and Eric Wayne all have different pieces 
pieces of that history and you know in them right and then you got then you have people like billy parker who you know just a legend. Has the music business, yeah, and just a legend alone. Moon Mullins, you know, I mean, Moon was so full of stories, and he always had a great story to tell. Most of the time, there was also a lesson in there somewhere. You know, right. he was imparting information to you. So, Bob O'Shea's name has not come up yet, but I was wondering when it would, because <laughs> he he's an icon of, of Tulsa Radio. Right. He was the last person when we flipped call letters for 1170 from KVOO to KFAQ to play anything on oh, the station. Wow. He was the last guy when yeah. they flipped that. Yeah, him and him and Dick Lofton actually yeah. helped out a lot. You know, yeah. Dickaroo is what I... Right. I, you know, I still call you Big Daddy. That's what you're in my right. phone as. You know, <laughs> that's funny. not Rick Hampton, but... Yeah. You well, know. and you know, and that's the thing. I mean, there are some people, like my aunt, uh, up until she passed away... She still called me Big Daddy, which was weird to me some, but yeah, she still, but she family. listened to me all the time. And so she would call me Big Daddy, you know, and stuff like that. So that's okay. I mean, yeah, Dickaroo will always be Dickaroo. I don't care whether he's on KRMG now. Um, right. Go and listen. I don't have a problem saying that. He's great. He does the afternoon news over there uh, on uh, 1023 and um, uh, 740. So, I, I mean, I'm telling you, he rocks. And he goes by Dick Lofton over there, but he will forever be the Dickaroo. Right. And, and, and the funniest story about that, real quick, while we're talking about that then, the voice guy for KVOO, when we were cutting new stuff one time, we had cut a commercial uh, for that, and it's called Imaging, which uh, sets up things uh, on the air. So um, uh, things like, for me, it was always Big Daddy, and I would have something in the It's the Midday Sandwich Show with Big Daddy. And then there would be a drop or something from a movie or something play. Well, his, you know, we kept it a little more simple on KVOO, but I remember one time, you know, like, you're right, you know, you're driving home. He did afternoon drive then for a while, and... He, you know, you're driving home with, you know, the old Dickaroo, you know, whatever. Right, and I remember right. the voice guy cut this line and he, uh, we told him, said, hey, you know, we want it to be kind of James Earl Jones-ish. You know, we want it to be deep and we want it to be that this is CNN type mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so he went in the studio and he left all of the outtakes on because he gets to that particular one and it was like, this is the old Dickaroo. And then he just stops and completely comes out of voice man character type, a voiceover guy <laughs> character. And he's like, I can't believe I just said that. So we wound up leaving part of that in. So one of the ones on KVOO for the longest time was, it's the old Dickaroo. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> and then he would go into the regular call letters, but that was pretty funny to me. So what is your best radio story? Uh, either it can be a memorable thing, it can be a weird thing, it can be something that happened on the air to you or to somebody else or that you were a part of. Do you have There's a, so many little uh, ones. <laughs> right? It's like a script I mean, from WKRP. I mean, you know, one thing, and it wasn't really a, a great thing because I got yelled at, but uh, it's when um, oh the flight went down in the Hudson River. Yeah, uh-huh. And, you know, I was watching it in the newsroom, and I'm like, huh, what's going on? What's going on? Brian Gann comes running in there, and he was like, what the blankety blank blank? You know, and I'm like right. going, I'm sorry, it just happened. I, you know, he's like, no, we need to pop this up, and, you know. Yeah, we need to get this on the air. Yeah, get this on the air, you know. <laughs> you need to let me know next time. I'm like, oh, God. It just 
happened. Uh, ju- I mean, I, I, the belly of the plane just hit the water. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, NBC or whoever we were affiliated with at the time, you know, they were still scrounging yeah. around for for or, information. For information. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, I, you know, that, that was Brian, though. He was you know, very serious. And of about course, that. getting up at one, two a.m. to come in for tornado warnings. Mm-hmm. You know, that was memorable. Yeah, I mean, it was like, uh, yeah, what? I can't even function, much less. But what, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I doing? What yeah. What county are we in again? I used to. Uh, I know that. For the longest time, like even we had the storm alert maps and, right. you know, so we could say, you know, it was at you know, this location is at a 26 on your map. And so you would find 26 on the right and a at the top or the bottom and then intersect the lines. I always prided myself on, on knowing direction and figuring out where stuff is. But I'm telling you what, if it wasn't for the fact that we had the storm alert maps, it was kind of a joke around town after a while that if you didn't listen to KVOO, they called it Weather Bingo. Oh, well, KVOO is <laughs> right. playing Weather Bingo again over there. But you know what? The deal is, is that we were saving lives. And, and I'm proud of that. But had it not been for that map, there was a, probably a lot of times, because that was well before Google Maps oh, and everything yeah. else, I wouldn't have known where to go. You know, <laughs> Had it not been for the fact that, you know, Brian is shouting out directional numbers on the two-way, go to L26, go to L26, and you're, you know, and you're like, should I be hiking a ball right now? What am I doing? You know, but, <laughs> right. you know, but instead I'd point that old blue blazer towards, you know, L26 and just, <laughs> right. fly, just fly to the next yep. place. Yeah. Yeah. Another story is, uh, Eric Wayne was doing his afternoon shift mm-hmm. and, uh, I was in there and there was a new tech, uh, promotions person out there at the casino. Mm. And I don't know if many people know what a Comrex is. It's, it's two pieces of equipment. And it talks in ones and zeros. It basically, you connect from one end and then connect to the studio. It's a digital connection, um, but it uses a plain old telephone line. Like the old lines you used to have in your house, you could just plug in at this location and then it would interpret that, you know, make it a clean connection in other words yeah but he you know she was out there mm-hmm. and one of her first remotes you right. know but she knew how to do it she calls back to the station and she's like you know i need to do a, a mic check mm-hmm. and eric's like okay you know let's do a mic check 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 and then hangs up on him by accident <laughs> i'm sure right and he's like i'm gonna teach her not to hang up on me again <laughs> you know of course he we're, we're, that's just amongst us two right she calls back and she's like, I'm sorry, you know, and he's like, okay, let's try this again. You could hear plain as day, great signal. Right. Check, 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 check. <laughs> and Eric's like, I can't hear no, you. Can't. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> and she's like, hello, one, two, three, hello, check, 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 mic check, hello. I still can't hear you. That's funny. And she's like, well, what do I do? And he goes, well, tap on it. <laughs> He's like, tap on the on the comrade. please tell me that you could hear her tapping. You could hear her tapping. <laughs> nice. But the funny thing is, he goes, nope, still not hearing it. <laughs> and he was like, no, what you need to do is say tap, tap, tap every time you tap it. And so here she is going, tap, 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 <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Nice. He's like, oh, cool, gotcha now type thing. <laughs> the tap was the trigger. That's See, that's what it was. It, you needed to tap on it. When I say tap, I mean say tap. <laughs> say tap. That's funny. She went that's right along with good. it, and we just laughed. And All right. Do you have any weird listener stories? Only thing is we were um, at the Bellamy Brothers show 
at mm-hmm. the Expo Square Pavilion, Eric Wayne and I. So mm-hmm. we introduced him on stage, and you know we're just standing out in the audience. Mm-hmm. You know these two women, girls, came up. They're like, "Hey, can I have your autograph?" What? All right, I'm the overnight guy. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing up so late, little girl? No, I, right. you know, yeah, right. I, I, but that was kind of weird. Yeah, you know, for someone to want your autograph. You know, and it, it is weird. Uh, I, I had the same thing. I remember we did a, uh, I think it was even like a fair of the heart or something like that. So it was like the craft show. One of the first years we we had done that, we were on site and did that. But we literally signed autographs for like three hours. I mean, standing at that booth, all of us standing there with our headshots, and 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 it was required that we be there. I mean, like uh, all the morning show had to be there for a shift. I had to be there, um, and then we were all there together for a while. And it was probably a three-hour long thing, right? And I just every, with every autograph I signed, I just thought, why am I doing this? You know, what I mean, what you know? But then it took me back to the advice from Billy Parker, which was, you know, always treat them you know, the most special you can because they put you there. Right. You know, you may think it's stupid or you may think it's weird. You may be the only tie they have to any celebrity at all. You know, they may have never met anybody and maybe never meet anybody else, but you are in their life constantly. You're in their home, you're in their car with them. You know, you spend a lot of time with them, so they're going to want your autograph. So just give it and be kind and gracious right. and go on. And yeah, but I, I agree. I mean, it was so strange. I remember the first time I was ever asked for my autograph, I'm just like, yeah, you can have it, but why, you know, I'm <laughs> sure I looked stupid to them. Cause I'm like, you know, why, why do you want it for what's really? But the funny thing is, is that even my, my wife, uh, whenever I met her, I was just about to leave the radio station, so mm-hmm. I was only there for a little while longer. I was joked that I was big with the senior citizen set because, <laughs> you know, lady, older ladies always wanted my autograph and wanted to come see me when I was on a remote. I did great in the ratings with the younger, you know, soccer moms and the younger moms, but for some reason... The senior set was where it was at. And so I remember, you know, that was kind of a joke. Her friend went to work for a nursing home company that that runs nursing homes and things like that. And so she was in a room, a patient's room. The lady was probably about 70 or so, had just moved in. And so she was moving in some of her things and her family got her set up. Well, she had a little bulletin board next to her bed. So she went in there to, to hand some papers to her and said, here you go. We're so glad you're here. You know, you're going to have a great time and on and on. And she said, and I look up and she had called my wife because she looked up and on the bulletin board was an autographed picture made out to her from me oh wow from like two years earlier <laughs> like she had gotten my autograph so she was like oh my gosh he's really true that's really true he is pretty good with the senior set <laughs> well i mean and it's, it's funny because when i was doing uh overnights on big country i mean my biggest demo was like truckers right you know they'd be blaring through town and oh you know i'd see you know emails and stuff every mm-hmm. time i come through tulsa at three o'clock in the morning delivering groceries i tune yep. into you Yep. And I was like, you have no clue who I am. But you were a companion. And, and right. that ultimately, that's the reason why I think that radio is a little more special than TV. You know, there was there's always that kind of that little butting of heads sometimes when you're in the TV world, but like that. But that's one reason why, to me, you're more of a companion because you go places with them. You know, they may be listening to you with headphones on, they're in their car, they're at their work, they're at home. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you become a constant companion. Right, right. So, yeah. So. 
Amazing. So who was the biggest celebrity that you've met, you know, in your radio business? Who was the... Oh, in the radio business? Mm-hmm. Oh, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Bar none. Now, and was that... would have thunk? Now, mean, now, was that the one where she came, like, right after... Right after American, American Idol. Idol? Yep. Yeah. Because that was really cool, and I have that picture. I at least have that picture of me. I don't know if you have one or not, but if you do, I'm going to snag it, and I'll put it up on my Facebook page. I don't have page. it with her, okay. I don't think. But. Well... I'm going to post the one I've got in there. I've, I've been kind of doing a creating an album for every show. So if it's something we talk about and there's picture proof of it, then I'm going to post it. But yeah, she came. Uh, that was kind of a super secret deal, too. Uh, I got a notification from the record rep um, and she said, you know, I can't really go into great details, but I've got somebody I'm going to bring by your radio station. Oh wow! And I and I just you know she's not she's not going to perform or anything. She just she just wants to say thank you and and everything else. But she never mentioned anything about American Idol, Carrie Underwood, anything. So I'm just thinking, oh well, it's a new artist that she wants me to meet, and you know, because that happened a lot. You know, we had uh, promotional tours where they'd come right. through, and all these new guys would come in, and new guys and gals or whatever, if they were brand new, and they would perform in our concert room or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, sure, whatever, that's fine with me, you know. Well, we had done watch parties for her when she was on American uh-huh. Idol, and we had a huge watch party the night that she was announced as the American Idol, and then on top of that. I like ran back to the station to get her song on the air. And she showed up. I remember she showed up in sweatpants. Um, yeah. NSU, like an NSU uh, warm up yeah, suit. Something. Um, yeah. yeah. Hair and pulled she, back, no makeup. Tiny, tiny. Yes. Tiny. Very small girl. Yeah. And she was telling us a story that her looking like that, people are calling her fat. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. What is wrong with people? Yeah. Unkept, unfat. I mean, I'm, you know, that, you know, I was fat and then I'm unkept and I'm like, whatever, you know, and she still looks stunning. You know, I mean, right. she, you know, I mean, she had no makeup on, hair pulled back, you know. Yeah. It was just, was, uh, it was really cool uh, for her to visit. So, yeah, that by, by far, that was the biggest star. And my follow up to that is then, have you ever been starstruck by anybody you've met? Oh, uh, boy. Um, Yes and no. I mean, because I wasn't a big country music fan. Right. right. But I knew who they were. Yeah, because we'll get into that in just a minute. Yeah, uh, I mean. Of the fans that you are. <laughs> but, I mean, like uh, John Rich. From Big and Rich. From Big mm-hmm. and Rich. I mean, he came in several times. Right. And I'm just like, it's him. It's I can't believe this. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, and he nice guy. So did you ever, you know, like for me, it was uh, after a while, I kind of got, I didn't, I don't think I got desensitized of it, but for me, it was kind of like, you know, you expected people to show up at the station. I mean, you'd, you'd walk down the hall and all of a sudden you're, oh my gosh, hey, that's Roy Clark. Right, or, right. Or, you know, hey, that's Cal Smith. You know, you're the country bumpkin guy or, you know, whatever. I've got uh, pictures of Gene Autry because Gene Autry started at KBOO. Right. He was at KBOO for a long time. And then he went on, obviously, to be the singing cowboy and, I mean, just huge, great fame. And, you know, I think one of his biggest claims to fame, of course, was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, you know, I mean, so. Right, right. But, I mean, you know, he was there and it was just amazing to, you know, to to do that. And, and you it it was so cool because you never knew, especially with a, the caliber of Billy Parker, who was going to show up. You know, who would be walking the halls with him one day? Right, you know I mean, right. Walking down the hall one day and but like turn the corner and there's Pam Tillis, Roy Clark was standing there, Janet Jay. Yeah, I mean, there's many Carol. Jason Michael Carroll. Yeah. Back yeah. then, I I have a picture of him. And you know, yeah, at the, just hanging out, at the, yeah, at the concert room, mm-hmm. and real nice guy. And now my hair's as 
longer than his. Right. <laughs> we're going to talk about that long hair. And when we come back, we're going to dive into the personal life of Ace Doggett. We're going to hear uh, about his rocker days, and we're going to hear about some of his struggles. Uh, he's kind of head health-wise, plus some of the wins in his life, bringing awareness to a cause that is also near and dear to me as well. It's all coming up next on Behind the Mic. Don't go anywhere. More of the Behind the Mic podcast is next. I'm Mo. And I'm Sheila Joe, And we're Mojo Merchandise. Mojo Merchandise was created by two friends with a craft passion. We love to make things as gifts, like baby shower presents, wedding shower presents, party decorations, and balloon bouquets. There is nothing we can't do once we put our mind to it. We specialize in vinyl printed t-shirts, home decor signs, pillowcases, cups, and much more. If you have a favorite scripture or a mom saying you want on a t-shirt or sign, we've got you covered. If you have an idea or needing a gift, let Mojo Merchandise make it exactly what you need you're listening to behind the mic with rick hampton thanks candace back with my friend ace doggett and before the break we talked about radio tv and some of the music business and uh, i want to get to the part where we talk about him being a rocker he had that long hair and still has that long hair i'm looking across the table at him but let's talk about the rocker side of ace doggett you like me played in bands when we were in high school and out of school what instrument did you play uh, guitar right okay and then what type of music did you play hard okay. rock right metal so how long did you do that like just playing in bands and stuff how oh long was gosh that? well i started playing when i was 10 so um oh years i mean i couldn't even tell you i don't know when i first started in a band it was with my uh great friend even to this day of 35 plus years mm-hmm. you know he's a drummer in a local bands now still right. and uh we started as dreamer and I think I was maybe 16. Now, was that the one that um, you guys are posing in front of a uh, comforter? <laughs> no, that was Tantrum. Tantrum, okay. Yeah. That was after that. Now, that's my favorite. I got to say, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> classic. Because it is classic. It is so classic because you look at it, and I remember the first time I'm thinking, man, that is a cool like red-looking background. That's cool. And then I started noticing, wait a minute, that's like pillow stitching. What, the, <laughs> what in the world? And so I remember asking you, I'm like, is that a comforter? And you're like... Yeah, you know what? We needed something to pose in front of, and it was cool. It yeah, it was red. in Jeff's was living room. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Take a picture in front of the ottoman? Yeah, in front of the <laughs> ottoman or the wood paneling or right. something, right? Yeah. No, it was absolutely cool, but it is totally rock and roll. I mean, that is so total straight up. Almost you know, motley. Yes, it was It was really funny just because it is like a red. I mean, it's like a really red, and I'm like, wow, that's really a cool background. <laughs> and then I started looking at the sewing and the stitching on it. You know, So what does that say about me? How, how much of a rocker is that? If I'm, man, that's nice stitching. Nice stitching. <laughs> so recently you went to, uh, first of all, one of your, I know you're a huge fan of Dream Theater. Uh-huh. Um, that was one of the first times that I ever really talked to you about music uh, was when you shared about that. And then I know that you're also a huge Striper fan, which uh-huh. I am too from, you know, from those days. You recently went to their show here in Tulsa. How was that? Oh, it was awesome. It took me a week to recover from it. Yeah. See, and I I loved your uh, your uh, post on Facebook about it because I don't know if you had gotten a ton of off Facebook comments or people messaging you asking you how was the show what kind of, what kind of pictures did you get what did you do what did you do this but I loved it because you answered in 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 a way that I think is awesome and that is. Um, you know what? I don't have pictures of it because I was actually enjoying it in the moment while it was happening. Yeah, with my own eyes and ears. And and cataloging those memories. Yeah, right. And cataloging that 
memories with your eyes and your mind instead of you know, with a camera. So I think that's cool. That's I mean, I totally love that. And and I've I've been doing that a lot more too. When I went to see George Strait recently when he was at the BOK, um, I think I took maybe three pictures. Yeah, the and only picture I took was with Lynn Hernandez from KMOD. Right, from KMOD, yeah. I saw and that, that was it. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. my wife actually got a picture with Eddie Trunk. Which is cool. I saw that, too. I thought that was neat. You know, it was didn't, good to see. Didn't do a picture with me. Right. I'm not as pretty. Well, you know, I mean, you know, you're you know, I know. Eddie Trunk. I mean, come I, on, you know, rocker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's a rocker, too, from way back, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so um, that brings me to a little bit of a point is what I was thinking about was when we were talking about that um, with Facebook is you were friends with him, with Michael Sweet, the lead vocalist on Facebook. And it's a little different than, um, say, you know, like being on a fan page. Well, actually, it is his fan page. Right. But uh, he follows me back on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And that was always his policy back when he first started Twitter was, hey, follow me, I'll follow you back. Right. Okay, cool. And I tweet out all the time. Right. And, you know, I had sent him a direct message on Twitter. Mm -hmm. I said, man, I'd I'd love to meet you guys. I mean, you and I have the same kind of humor. You know, he Mm -hmm. has a great sense of humor. Right. A day after the show, a week and a half ago, he sent me a direct message back. Mm -hmm. And he says, hey, brother, sorry we didn't get a chance to hook up last night. It was a very busy day and a great show. Yeah. I'm like, this guy rocks. Yeah. I'm going to do a show about that uh, eventually it is the tie between social media and how that people are more accessible, especially if they're running their own sites, you know, like right. their own things, which is one thing that Michael does is he, he loves to post on, you know, he doesn't post, somebody else doesn't post on his behalf all the time. They don't run it, right. you know, like a label doesn't run that he does. And, and that was because I've seen several times where you've, you know, hey, Michael, give a shout out to my wife. It's her birthday or whatever. Right. And then boom, you know, he's like, hey, son, you know, you know, hope you have a great birthday. Or, uh, hey, man, you know, my friend Eric Wayne is going through some stuff right now. Eric Smith's going through some stuff. You know, would you, you know, pray for him and shout out to him? Boom. There it is, yeah. you know. Um, but the one that I thought was interesting was, now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you get like a Christmas card or something from their mom or something like that or or a letter or something i didn't get a christmas card hint hint janice (laughs) but what happened was is that you know she's going through cancer therapy right right and you know she says hey i i've got these family pictures that you know i'm trying to raise a little bit of money for my Mm -hmm. you know treatment and i think it was like a buck that she wanted for it and i'm like going yeah give me one and so it was a family portrait with Michael and Robert and Lisa and Janice and uh, and her husband mm-hmm. and their dad. And it was back in the heyday of the 80s. Right. She actually signed it for me. She's like, hey, mm-hmm. Ace, love Janice. You know? Right. And I'm like going, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, who really does that? Right. Because in my mind, you guys have never gone away. You never really have. Mm-hmm. No, you're not playing coliseums. Right. You know, you're not you're not playing baseball fields like Metallica. Who cares? You know, but the thing is, it's just been a great family. And see, I, I have a friend of mine, Kirk McCracken, who I've done some podcasts with uh, here in town, and he... Uh, we were talking about just this subject, and he said that one time uh, a friend of his uh, was on Michael's page. It was during the dust up with Sebastian Bach right. and everything else, and it got pretty heated. 
and it got pretty nasty. And this friend of his kind of went on and was defending Michael and and the band and you know the family because this guy was like anybody he could get his vocal hands on. Like I mean, he was verbally abusing everybody, you know, down to their mom, you know, kind of right. thing. And so he jumps on and he's just hammering him back. And so Janice like reached out to him through private message and said, hey, I appreciate you standing up for my son. And I appreciate that. You know, it's sometimes difficult and and kind of went on with this whole thing. But I guess that's my point with social media. It, it's amazing to see there's certain people that run their own. Uh-huh. And so it's that, you know, it is that way. And I think that's that's really cool. Um, that there's that relationship. And so that's kind of one of the things in a, in a show in the future that I'm going to talk about, because uh, there's been several examples of that, of, you know, personally getting to know somebody through their social media. You know, Jason Michael Carroll is one of those. He runs his own uh, social media, both his Instagram and his Facebook, for sure I know, he runs and he does a lot of that, you know, posts everything and he'll post stuff in his personal life on uh-huh. there and, and different stuff. So that's cool, I hey, think. Well, a funny thing about the social media thing, like you were saying, it's not corporate ran, but actually Gene Simmons mm-hmm. of KISS right. actually sat there and called me a nobody because he oh, had wow. posted, happy birthday, Ace Fraley, <laughs> you know, original member of KISS. Right. And I'm like, you don't care. You've been bashing him for years. years. Right. And all I put was, you don't, why do you care? Yeah. And when he sent back, you know, or tweeted back, mm-hmm. he's like, you're nothing. Right. And I was like, hey, no disrespect here. I just figured it was some corporate person. Right. Posting this. Right. Not towards but, you. But unfortunately, you just proved my point. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> by by the hateful stuff that he had just said. Kind of proved the whole point, right? All right. I want to go a little bit deeper with you, Ace. Let's get personal a little bit. Who was somebody that was your biggest influence in your personal life? My mom. Yeah. Period. See, and I knew that was going to be the answer. I'm going to be honest. I knew that. I set you up because I knew that was going to be the answer because I've talked to you about that. Let's talk about your mom a little bit. I know that you miss her every day. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, this is not going to be an Oprah Winfrey moment where I'm going to ask you to cry or whatever. So, okay, there's a cause very near and dear to my heart as well. And I know it is to yours as well, Mm -hmm. is Alzheimer's awareness. Right. um, And with dementia as well. And um, talk me through kind of what she meant to your life. And then some of the things that you've done to remember her over the years. Gosh, what she taught me in life. I, you know, be nice. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I'm human. I'm right. not the nicest person in the world. That's right. my wife. I mean, you know, but seriously. She's a pretty good saint, all right, to live with you constantly. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. God bless her. <laughs> yeah. um, Love you, Zen. <laughs> but it was just one of those things. She had a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of my humor from her. Mm-hmm. I actually have a video on on Facebook that's real brief, one Christmas, that it's just, that was her humor. I've seen that video, I think. You know, know, uh, well, yeah, I won't say it, but (laughs) I think it's not really dirty. No, but but, it's it's one of those that you wouldn't expect for it to come out of mom's mouth. Yeah. When it did, you were like, oh, well, yeah, that- that's mom. That makes sense. That's mom. Yep. Yeah. That's mom. Uh, and it's a great memory to have. I mean, it is yeah, funny. I've seen yeah. that video. I've seen that clip. I mean, a lot of great memories. I yeah. mean, with my whole family, yeah. really. But mom was, you know, my my best friend. Mm-hmm. Take me back to that day when you first, when was the first time that you saw something that wasn't right? Uh, we had moved back here in, to Tulsa in mm-hmm. 2000, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, to be with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Or one of my daughters. Right. 
when I was going to broadcasting school, she would start calling me every two hours. Mm. You know, she would call once a day. Right. You know, it's like, hi, mom, how are you doing? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, my day's great. Yeah. Just checking in kind yeah. of thing at first, yeah. Yeah. And, but it became like every two hours. And she would tell me the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. We had no clue. You know, and I'm like going, Mom, this isn't like you. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're repeating stuff that you just told me an hour ago, almost word for word. And so that's the first sign. Mm-hmm. Of course, Dad, you know, tried to keep a close eye on her because he was right there with her. Right. You know, in Colorado. So he was seeing an everyday thing mm-hmm. happen. So that was the first sign mm-hmm. that I got Yeah, uh, with her dementia and, and all how, how long in that process how long did it take before i mean number one that she was diagnosed with alzheimer's and then ultimately when she passed away how long was that oh gosh it's been almost 10 years since she passed mm-hmm. i think so 2008 2007 mm-hmm. sorry i slept yeah. since then but right. it was probably five years maybe and and then the phone calls would drop off yeah you know towards the end right um, and I remember getting a phone call from my dad when I was at the radio station. I yeah. think you were there at yeah. the time. And he said, I found your mom lying on the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, is she okay? Of course, she passed away. Yeah. You know, we went back to the house yeah. and dad was like, you know, let's just get her clothes out of here. I guess she spent most of the time in her bedroom smoking. Yeah. Uh, we found things in her closet and in her shoes that shouldn't have been there. Mm. She was going to the bathroom in her closet. Mm. And I'm sure dad did everything he could. Probably. But he had to go to work. Right. So, well, and I'm pretty sure that that day that you found that out, I think I think we probably broke a lot of job site rules cuz I'm not I'm pretty sure that we hugged that day because I I, yeah. I know I, I mean I knew exactly where you were. You know, I lost my grandmother to um, Alzheimer's. And I remember when the first time that we knew anything was going on, wasn't phone calls for us, but it was during Thanksgiving. Um, her house and her kitchen had been set up the same way for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't matter what the house was. It, it didn't matter. You you knew where like the saran wrap was, the baggies, all the Ziploc bags, all those kinds of things. You knew where they were because they were in the same spot every time. But then we were done with lunch and we were all kind of cleaning up the kitchen and we all started noticing my mama lois was her name we started noticing her like walking around the kitchen like pacing Mm. and finally you know my mom which they called each other sis but my mom finally said well sis what you know what you doing what what are you doing what are you walking around for you know sis i'm just looking for the saran wrap i have no idea where it's at wow and they had lived there in that house for a long time at that point it was in the same spot every time yeah that was the first clue of hey something's not right it just became more and more that way to the point where uh towards the end of her life um i'll be honest with you i couldn't handle it i am one of those guys that if i uh go to a funeral and view a body i'll remember them like that yeah for the rest of my yeah. life so i usually don't right um and and i've been you know i've been a little better like with my wife and you know my mom and things like that if we've gone to funerals or whatever i try to to do that even if i don't really look i just pass by the casket but for me you know the towards the end of my grandmother's life i was not around Uh, my sister took care of her she was a rn Mm -hmm. and so she took care of her a lot she would work in tulsa and then drive down to cameron down by poto oklahoma to be with her 
one of the last times I saw her, I looked like my Uncle Ron. That's who I look like. And um, he was a huge mentor in my life and a, and a big influence mm-hmm. in my life. So once I grew a mustache, I looked even more like him. And so my grandmother just started calling me Ron. And um, in her mind, that's who was visiting her. Right. And so I just became that person. I just became my Uncle Ron. And when I went to visit, I I just resigned myself to know I'm no longer her grandson, Rick. I'm her son, Ron. And I just played the part. Right. And I know that you did a lot of things. You know, you did uh, the walk Uh with Alzheimer's. You put together a team to honor your mom. I know that's one thing that you did. Um, and then you also post about it a lot. I mean, you'll you'll post, I've seen it several times. Hey, you know what? You know, we always need to be bringing awareness to Alzheimer's and uh-huh. things like that. And so um, I encourage you to go out to Facebook, uh, find a Alzheimer's association, because I know that it touches a lot of lives. I mean, there's a lot of lives that it touches. So I, I think that, um, you know, that was one of the things that I... I knew that she was probably your biggest influence in your life, right, you know, right. that she had shaped you. Um, and she also, she really liked the rocker in you. You know, she, she oh, always she, encouraged you. She put you. the rocker yeah. in me. She encouraged that. And I think yeah. that's cool too. You know, that's one thing I always thought was cool about your mom was that, you know, cause I don't believe we ever got to meet, but that was one of the things I thought was pretty cool about your mom was that, you know, she was so encouraging, you You know, yeah. I mean, she instilled that in you, but she loved the rocker in you, you know, I mean, she, she loved Elton John, Chicago, but she also loved Boston yeah. and Kansas. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, I would have no clue who Boston and Kansas, Kansas were. were. Yeah. So uh, for a long time, you know, I didn't know when you first came to the radio station that you could even play because you didn't really play. And you no, didn't, I, you, I had stopped you, at you one know, point in time. You had stopped and you, you really weren't doing that. But, you know, you're a shredder. You were really very good. I was shocked i remember you were you brought your guitar one time to the station and you were just noodling around i think in the newsroom and i'm like dang where is that guitar coming from that's awesome where is that coming from (laughs) and it was you in the studio i know that um because i've kept track of you over the years and we've talked i have (laughs) facebook stalked you for sure um i know that you know you're a rocker so tell me a little bit about the situation that kind of caused you to step away from that I mean, oh, being boy. a talent and being pretty talented, you know, what were some of the hurdles that you personally faced? Um, well, after hurting my back, mm-hmm. that changed my life. Right. I mean, I, I'm a changed human being because of that. I'm in constant pain mm-hmm. all the time. Right. Some days are good. Some days are can't walk days. Right. Okay. It really began with with my back, and it it was hard to mm-hmm. stand up there. I mean, especially when you're playing in cover bands at right. bars. You are there from 6 p.m. till 3 a.m. Right. Loading in, loading out. Sound check. Sound check. And at least three sets, you know. You know what? Yeah, at least three sets. 45 on, 15 off, or, yeah. you know, depending yeah. upon the club. But right. I still... In- enjoy right. it you know and and i still had fun but unfortunately you know things happen as a you know bands are like marriages you all have to get along right you, you know you've got to compromise and a lot of a lot of musicians don't do that and of course my my hands you know they're they've become pretty right. crippled right now so now is that uh nerve issue is it arthritis is it what's the what's that struggle like for you it's it's pretty much it's um I can't hold my wife's hand with yeah. my left hand. 
correctly. Right. Is um, it a nerve issue though, or is it? I, I you, really don't you know. know. Yeah. I've had doctors like, and they're like, you know, because I remember you you at one time you talked about that, and I think we even actually spoke on the phone about that. That it was, um, you know, they really couldn't tell you exactly where it came from or what happened, even. And I think that that's kind of. You know, if I remember correctly, there's never been a complete diagnosis for that for you. No, no, there hasn't. And, you know, of course, going to doctors and specialists. Right. Yeah, it's expensive. Arm, arm and exactly. Leg. Yeah. So what is that daily struggle like for you? I mean, obviously, you were talking about that you can't hold your wife's hand with that with, you know, with the um, left hand. But what other things is that? I mean, like, I know that you talk about that. Uh, you spoke about it earlier. You know, some days you can jump right out of bed and go play with the dog and do something else that you love to do, which is to cook and to create things food wise, yeah. foodie. But, um, what is that like? I mean, you know, it's a struggle. Do you, do it, you ever know? I mean, like no. one day to the next, which, no, which I, ace will be bounding out of bed. Right. <laughs> or no, not? I really don't. And sometimes, well, for instance, at the striper concert a week and a half ago, felt great yeah. all day long. And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to go. Mm-hmm. We get there, we park, we go and go stand in front of the venue waiting for the doors to be open because this mm-hmm. is GA. General mission for those yeah, that don't sorry. know. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. Um, their bus was parked in front, which was really, really weird mm-hmm. to me. I'm like going, okay. All of a sudden, I looked at Cinnamon, my wife, and I said, it's beginning to happen. Mm. And she's like, what? And I said, no, I need to lean on something. She's like, Okay. She helped me get through the front doors, helped me walk through the front doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got that bad within a 30-minute period. Wow. And I thought, I'm at Striper. Right. I yeah. want to be on the front row banging my head because I felt fine all day. Right. And it just, it happens like that. Yeah. You know, all I can say to people, when I hurt my back, mm-hmm. I was doing something that I had done for multiple years. Mm-hmm. That was the restaurant business. Right. I had picked up cases of cheese like nothing. I was doing a normal everyday thing. And I try to, you know, it, it's more of a PSA to people. I don't want people feeling sorry for me. Mm-hmm. That's not it. The message is no matter what you do every day, either you're picking up your grandkids mm-hmm. off the floor, be careful with your body because right. your body is never going to let you know what's going on. Oh, hey, this time you're not going to be able to do this and it's going right. to hurt your back and you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. You right. know, and yeah. I haven't worked in over three years. Yeah. Which stinks. Yeah. Right. Because right. in my mind, I'm still 18. Right. Well, and you, you were always a go-getter, too. I mean, it wasn't like you, you know, sat around and did nothing. And that was the problem, probably, for you, is that, you know, this is really, you know, an issue because of the fact that, you know, you did used to be so active and you were yeah. a rocker and, you you know... Which, you know, I was everyone, an athlete until I was 18 years old. I mean, old. good grief. I mean, everyone knows when you're a rocker, you're immortal, right? I mean, yeah, you know, right. and, and then all of a sudden you're faced with your mortality. So yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it is. And it's, it is why, I mean, I even had bad back days at the radio station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even sitting for long periods right. of time would, would hurt me a little. Not as bad as, I mean, after I got out of radio, I went back into restaurant because mm-hmm. I had to make a paycheck. Right. Right. And I worked at one point in time at Rib Crib, barbecue place here in mm-hmm. Tulsa. I was lifting 90-pound cases of brisket per case with my back. Mm. But I had to. Right. I had to make that paycheck. Right. And then I went to Arby's, and it just got to the point I couldn't do it yeah, anymore. Yeah, right. And, and most likely, if I was to guess, those times when it was bad for you probably were coming more frequently than they used to yeah. because you were aggravating that all the time yeah. and over and over. That's good advice to have of take care of 
what you have, your body probably won't. I mean, that's one thing that I remember in talking with you all those years ago, how that it was something I did every day, had no problems with. I have lifted that much weight, never had an issue with it. I have lifted the same way every time, bent my knees and everything else. But this one time, it just yeah, it went sideways. It so just dealing went sideways. with it every day. And after I get out of the restaurant thing, I thought, okay, no more cover bands. I'm going to try to put out an EP, extended play right. record. Back in the day, it was actually on vinyl. Vinyl, right. Yep. Which is coming back now. It is. I thought, I'm going to start writing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get the best band members I can. Right. It's going to be called Ace Doggett. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's my name. Of course, the music business. Right. You get promises. They're not kept. One guy that was going to produce and play bass on it, uh, mm-hmm. Ace Eversole, Anthony Eversole, um, met him back in the late 80s, early 90s. Right. He passed away mm-hmm. from his kidney problems. Right. I remember a that. Of, a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. You know, but after the ups and downs of trying to get this all recorded, I got at least two songs almost done. Mm -hmm. They've been played on internet radio. Right. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I need to hear that. Even today, I get, uh, you know, emails from Lonely Oak Radio on the internet saying, hey, we're playing Angel in My Bed on the Indie Shuffle show Mm -hmm. at this time and this time. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't even play anymore. I've retired from playing. You know, and I thought that is really cool. At least something's out there. Right. And, you know, but I just had to stop because of my hands. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why you did start the project, though, was because you could see that coming. And you knew it's only a matter of time. And and I've only got a, you know, just a finite amount of time before my hands are not going to cooperate anymore. Right. And then you won't have anything. So that's good, though. I mean, at least you had the insight to, I want to at least do this. Obviously, Angel in My Bed is inspired by your wife yeah, as well. So what advice would you have for somebody who maybe is in the same situation, has an injury like that? It's kind of unexplained because yours is kind of unexplained because they've never been able to give you an exact reason why it does that. So what would your advice be? uh, As far as daily, daily life, I mean, I heard the advice of hey, listen to your body because your body is going to lie to you sometimes oh, and right. tell you it can do things, but it can't. So listen, you know, be more in tune with that. But what would be some of the advice um, if somebody was listening and they're like, man, I get up every morning the same way. And, you know, what what would be some of your advice that you give? I would say try to stay positive, even though, you know, a, a lot of things every day. I mean, there's some days, like you said, I love to cook. I'm a house husband now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I try to get all the dishes done, the laundry done, do what I can at home. So my wife just gets up, goes to work, comes home, relaxes, have dinner. But there are some days that I can even stand for five minutes at one time Mm -hmm. doing the dishes. I have to go sit down. Right. It's frustrating to me. I mean, that's just the way life is. Mm -hmm. You can't change it. Yeah. You're human. That's all we are. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. You know, you have to just take it one day at a time and live through those things and stay positive as best you can and love one another. One more thing real quick, and then we'll jump into the speed round and it's going to go fast. So you're going to have to hang on. What would be one thing somebody may not know about Ace Doggett? Oh boy. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> one thing you don't know about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, why did you do this to me? Because I know that you're a foodie and I know that you're a great right. cook and you talk about it a lot. And that's one of your loves now yeah. is creating things and, and talking about like all the processed food that we eat and everything else. Right. And why would you go and do that 
when you could do something so much healthier or at least so much better tasting, yeah, right. you know, you know, so anything come to mind, anything that you There's probably several things, but, but a foodie. Yeah. I'd have to say would be tops, but you know, I've actually thought about starting a class uh-huh. and having people come to my home and I teach them how to home cook. I'm not going to sit That's there important. and I'm not going to sit there and tell you don't put salt on it. Mm-hmm. Salt means flavor. Okay. I'm not going to sit there and see eat your asparagus. I hate asparagus. Thank goodness. I'll never cook it. I started to say we may have to end our friendship right now if you said <laughs> it's the best ever. Uh, that, that's terrible. Right. Yeah. Well, I just got it right there. The Rockin' Chef. There it is. Yeah, I actually had a Facebook page called something similar yeah. to that. And I, I took it down just because I couldn't is with the music thing going right. on and I couldn't keep up with See, all, but that would be pages. the stick. So you could just, um, you could do like, uh, you know, when you're preparing the food, have rock music playing in the background. And, and name you know. it off a rock band or a right. song. Right, As long as you don't get sued for the copyright. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> and that could be possible. All right. And trademarks. When we come back, you know it, you love it. It's time once again for us to put our special guest through the Behind the Mic speed round. You're listening to Behind the Mic with me, Rick Hampton. I'm Mo. And I'm Sheila Joe, And we're... Mojo Merchandise. Mojo Merchandise was created by two friends with a craft passion. We love to make things as gifts, like baby shower presents, wedding shower presents, party decorations, and balloon bouquets. There is nothing we can't do once we put our mind to it. We specialize in vinyl printed t-shirts, home decor signs, pillowcases, cups, and much more. If you have a favorite scripture or a mom saying you want on a t-shirt or sign, we've got you covered. If you have an idea or needing a gift, let Mojo Merchandise make exactly what you need. Behind the mic, speed round. We're back. Ace, this is very simple. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock, and I'll ask you a series of questions. You give me your quickest answer. If you answer all the questions in 60 seconds with time left over, then Tanya Armstrong from Sand Springs is going to pick up a $20 gift certificate to our sponsor, Mojo Merchandise. She can finally get that t-shirt she always wanted with her custom design or maybe even a tumbler to set at her desk while she's listening to the podcast. So we'll put 60 seconds on the clock. Time begins after I ask you the first question. Are you ready? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fasten your seatbelt. Here we go. On a scale of 1 to 10, how weird are you? 10. What is your favorite word? Word. What sound or noise do you love? Farting. What profession <laughs> other than radio would you like to attempt? Uh, being a chef. If you were to perform in the circus, what would you do? I'd be a clown. Nice. I agree with that. <laughs> if you owned a CB radio, what would your handle be? A rockin' chef, I guess. Boom. I don't know. <laughs> love it. What was your favorite TV show when you were growing up? Uh, Three's Company. Talking or texting? Uh, I'd love to talk, but... You can't do that anymore. How often do you clean between your toes? Every day. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? To um, save my hands, to save health things. Wow. So you'd be like the miracle superhero Yeah, something like that. Okay. All right. Okay. Is Bigfoot real? Yes. (laughs) What would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hi there. (laughs) Nice of you to show up. Boom. There it is. Oh, yeah. Beat the 60-second clock. And Tanya Armstrong from Sand Springs, the big winner this time around of that $20 gift certificate to Mojo Merchandise. And I know sitting across from me, you were looking up earlier the website address for the Alzheimer's organization. Go ahead and give me that website address. ALZ.org. Thank you. That's awesome. Go get involved because you know somebody 
or you will know somebody yeah. who struggles with Alzheimer's. It is a horrible, horrible disease. It is. And it's it's uh, shattering for a lot of families. Um, so go out there. Be supportive of that as well. So thank you, Ace Doggett, Brent Doggett, or Brent Smith for being here. <laughs> thank I, you, Big Daddy. Ain't no wonder we don't have you know multiple personality issues Probably. or whatever, right? I look in the mirror every day. I see them. They're in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, man. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for this episode. If you like what you hear and would love to hear more, you can go to my Facebook page, Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Leave me a comment. If you want to play along and be the next big winner for the Behind the Mic Speed Round Contest, it's simple to do as well. Email me at btmrickhampton at gmail.com. That's btmrickhampton at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Bye, everybody. This episode of Behind the Mic podcast was brought to you by Mojo Merchandise. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Join us next time as we go Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton.